Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. And we are not in the same room this time. That was a, you know, rare special that you got last week. (laughs) It was. Very sad. Now life has returned to normal again since the holidays are over and Jamie's gone back to his real life. (laughs) That's true. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Well, you know, you enjoy it there as well, I suppose. (laughs) You don't want to move back, you know, to the backwoods area that I want to live in. So That's true. Not yet anyway. Who knows? Enjoy it where you're at. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, today we are going to be discussing a Netflix original miniseries that's a little bit old. I believe it came out in 2020. So we're a couple of years behind on this, or a yeah. year and a half behind on it. Um, but it's one we've been wanting to talk about. It's like one of those longer series that has been on like the back burner for a long time because we don't usually have time to watch seven or eight hours worth of content in one week. In, in with like the mindset of having to talk about it but we had time this week yes. we got around to doing it so we're going to be discussing the queen's gambit yes we are and, and excitedly we actually did watch the first episode together together we did yes when you when you were visiting me we were able to watch the first episode together at my place and that was kind of like what got us both thinking hmm this could be something fun to talk about yeah <laughs> Um, so you don't play chess, is that correct? No. I mean, I have before, but like, you know, in, in that child, child-ish way where like, you know the general rules of things, but like, you don't have a strategy at all. Right. Right. You're just kind of moving pieces in where they can go, but not without any real logic behind it. <laughs> right. Whereas you, I know, have done a little more recently... Uh, you know studied chess a little more recently and probably some of the terms floated about like the sicilian and closed (laughs) and open game are probably things that you know about yes yeah so like i don't know how to do the sicilian um specific like openings like that opening strategies are not something that i've gotten into much um my husband and i started learning how to play chess together last summer because we're you know in a pandemic and we needed something new to do (laughs) (laughs) and so we started watching all these like youtube videos on how to play chess by different like grandmasters and things like that and we started with very basic like these are what the pieces are and where they can go and kind of watched videos more progressively into like strategies and in different ways of thinking about it um and he's actually more into it than i am he plays it a lot online on just on chess.com where you can like play live chess with random people from around the world um and i played it on there a little bit but i prefer to play against the computers <laughs> because when i'm when i'm losing i like to just quit and if you do that against the people the website discredits you <laughs> oh yeah i can see that <laughs> um it makes sense you know you know you don't want people actually just abandoning games because they're mad but <laughs> right true but yeah, like, yeah, like openings and end games and mid games, they were terms that I'd actually heard of before. Um, but as somebody who wasn't familiar with that, did you find it still like, okay, easy to kind of follow? Did they explain it well enough? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Because probably most people don't have a lot of knowledge of chess. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. That would be like most of their audience is not grand chess masters. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine not. And I would be interested to know if someone who was like a grandmaster, very well known, very knew chess very, very well, like what they their reaction to it would be. Like, would they right. be satisfied with how it's portrayed or, 
you know, would they yeah. find it a bit ridiculous? I don't know. But And I feel like I, I believe that the character, the main character, Elizabeth Harmon, is was not a real person herself, but she's based off of a real chess player. Hmm. And from what I can gather from some of the things I read about it online, it does seem like the games they were playing were all based off of real games that this person had played. Hmm. So like they actually played like, you know, the Russian world champion and, okay. and beat them kind of thing the way that Beth Harmon eventually does in this series. And I believe that the game that they show, it's like, you know, different the scenes yeah <laughs> different snapshots from like what the game would have looked like when when this i can't remember it's based off a man and i don't remember his name now that um actually played the the russian world champion oh, okay i do think the games were realistic or yeah. at least from real games <laughs> okay that's cool and it, it, it was interesting to see like all of the preparation that has to kind of go into it because like i've seen i've seen some things with with uh, chess masters and stuff before and a lot of them talk about having these sort of like this sort of like eidetic memory where like you basically have stored in your mind like a memorized play-by-play of all of these different games that you've seen or done and so like I remember I can't remember who it was but it was like some I think well-known like youtuber who's also like I don't think he's a grandmaster but he's certainly a master if that's the step below that um and he played like five people blindfolded and so he could remember the position for every board they just like told him like where where it was being moved to kind of thing yeah he was like you know pawn to hq or whatever that's not a thing but (laughs) (laughs) h4 (laughs) pawn to i4 i don't know wizard to you know whatever but um but i thought that was pretty cool but it makes sense because like you know in order to you know, to get your way out of some things, I feel like knowing what previous people have done makes sense. Like it would make sense to memorize that. Of course, you know, one of the things we see Beth do in the show is count on her intuition a lot as well, which is like, you know, because at some point, all of those people that they're studying, like if you're doing the Sicilian or if you're doing the the whatever Lopez or whatever, like that's something they just came up with on the fly to get them out of a predicament at one point. And now it's famous, you know? Right, yeah. Some or some like some of the openings were ones that were kind of crafted by really well known chess players. Mm-hmm. Like the London is kind of one of the most common chess openings and it was an opening that was invented by a chess player who lived in London and, and the way that he would arrange his pieces on the board at the beginning of the game to kind of help protect his king and to set up a good like offensive front to attack the other party. Mm. There's a lot of different, you know, Sicilian is another version. It was probably an opening that was designed by somebody from Sicilia. <laughs> Sicily. Yeah. Sicily. <laughs> yes, I would imagine. So. Maybe it was somebody named Cecilia. <laughs> oh, could be. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's kind of like what openings are, is like you get your pieces arranged in a way that you're well protected in the back with like your king and your opened up in the front to attack offensively towards the other side yeah yeah it's very interesting and like it does like watching it did make me want to like learn how to play a little more like in a little more detail to actually be familiar with some of those things of course i don't have time in my life for that kind of stuff but maybe someday maybe when i'm retired or something 
if you or any of our listeners, um, two good YouTube resources that my husband and I use are Gotham Chess, and that's the name of his channel. I don't actually remember what the guy's name is. <laughs> and then the other guy's name is um, Daniel Naradixky, and that's also the name of his channel is hmm. that. Um, just his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know how to spell it. Don't ask me. Yep, no, Yelto. But they're both, they're both grandmasters, um, oh, and cool. they have videos that do the, like the very basics. This is a pawn, this is what it can do, and then there are ones that get into a lot more detail behind how chess is played, and then there's some where they're playing a game, like um, the Gotham Chess does this a lot. He like plays a game of chess um, on the chess.com website, and while he's playing it, he's he's talking about what he's doing and why he's doing it against his opponent. So the opponent is not aware that this is happening, yeah. but like the, his audience is able, like in his video on his YouTube video, you're able to like watch like what he is doing and he's explaining why he's doing it. That's cool. Which is yeah, it's a it's a cool way to kind of learn because then he has like unpredictable things happening because you know he's he's not controlling both sides of the board. It's just some random other person who is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So, what did you what did you think of the Queen's Gambit as a whole? Um, I think I, I really liked it. I was frustrated a lot with <laughs> Beth multiple yeah. times. Um, but I think that's the point of yeah. her character yeah. in general. But yeah. I thought overall it was good, and I was like, oh, I could definitely like see myself watching another season if ever it happened to come out. But see, I don't. I hope they don't do yeah. another. And like I think it just ends so perfectly that I don't want them to go on from that point. She's our, she's great, you know, world champion at that point, and she's kind of like finding her peace with herself, you know, yeah. with these old men playing playing chess in the park in Russia, and yeah. she's just so like happy in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't did. Want, I don't want there to be a second season. <laughs> yeah, no, it did end on, on a best high, and she was also has also sort of like. You know, her relationship with all of the other chess players that she's encountered in her life has sort of like reached, like come back to a good level. So yeah. she, they were all helping her like strategize the final moves and stuff, which, no, it was good. I, yeah, you're, and it is limited. So, I mean, there's a likelihood that there's no other right. seasons, but. I just, I can't picture them being able to tie up another season as perfectly as they tied this one up. I thought that this was like one of the best limited series I've ever watched on Netflix. I, mm. I one of the best shows. Like it was just I thought it was so well done. I thought that the acting of every single character was fantastic, especially the woman who plays um Elizabeth Harmon, the main character. Yeah. She's just phenomenal. And I loved the way the show was shot. It felt like they tried very hard in every scene to use the cinematography to display like what Beth was feeling in the mm. scene. So if, if she was confused, then you were a little confused. You know, if she was frustrated, you were frustrated, you know, and, and you kind of just got this sense that they were really trying to convey her emotions through everything because it's, it's not just about chess. You know, we're dealing with like severe childhood trauma, growing up in an orphanage, we're dealing with addiction and then yeah. being like a genius in her peer group, even among chess players, she's like considered a prodigy. So there's like just so much else going on behind just 
being a chess player <laughs> that it's and it's just so well done. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. And I also like how, you know, some of the things that like sometimes they would lead up or build up to like these big sort of confrontations and then like breeze past them. Like I think, for example, the game between Beth and Benny. Like, yeah. it was, like, made to be this big thing. And then we see literally none of it. And it's just yeah. them at the bar afterwards, like, I'm surprised you're taking this so well, you know? Yeah. Um, so, no, well, it was really good. And, yeah, she yeah, she definitely was, like, you know, all of her, like, minute facial expressions, like, yes. during the games and stuff were so good. And, like, after a while, you kind of, you got a sense for, like, what she was thinking with her mm-hmm. facial expressions. You knew when she was in trouble. You knew when she was about to just, like blast some guy out of the water yeah (laughs) um yeah like i can't remember why i didn't i didn't write down her name i know i made no attempt to remember the actress's name but (laughs) he does a really good (laughs) if it's who i think it is it might be like ann joy taylor or something we could probably just look it up real quick yeah because i think she Uh, was the actress who played in emma as well Yes, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. That's it. I had some of the names. <laughs> had some of the words in the right order there. Um, she played who? Uh, she was also in the in the f- film Emma. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like, Don't believe I've seen that. Also very good, but oh. uh, yeah, no, she was great. I would definitely watch other things if I knew that she was one of the main characters in it for sure. Well, and going back to like what you were saying about. The like the some of the chess matches seeming like overhyped up mm. and then like they're kind of just over. And I think that's part of it's like that's kind of how it probably is in real life. You like you overhype up like this big, you know, match or tournament or game, and then when it's over, it's just it's just over, you know, like all right. of that tension just dissipates, like the Bills losing last night. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and then it was just over. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, true. Um, but I think that, like, the biggest match, obviously, is her match against uh, Borgov, who is the world champion, and he's based in Russia, or which is currently the Soviet Union at that time, because this takes place in the 50s and 60s. And through the entire show, anytime they talk about Borgov, the world champion, there's kind of, like, this air of mystery around... Like, there's a lot of rumors and speculation that maybe, like, the the Soviet government is forcing, you know, him to be, continue to playing his life is literally on the line kind of thing, that if he loses, they're going to kill him. And then there's, of course, like, the talk of the Soviet Union spreading communism around the world. And I think, like, all of this, of course, turns out to be untrue. Borov doesn't seem like he's about to die when he loses to her at the end. And I think it's just getting into that American mindset during the when the Soviet yeah. Union was still around. That's kind of how we perceived it to all the way to, like they're going to use this chess tournament to try and spread communism in America kind of mindset. Yeah. And that the Russian government is trying to force, you know, their everybody in their country to play chess so that they can have the best players. And it's like, that turns out, of course, to not be true at all. And she really (laughs) seems to be finding like a home almost in Russia among people who just see chess as like, it is part of their culture there much more than it is in other places in the world. But that's by, like, just a choice that they, they enjoy playing chess there, mm. <laughs> not because they're all being forced to. Yeah. Um, 
that was it was kind of nice to see that that switch then at the end yeah <laughs> and all like the russian people both the players and just the public embracing her and just and really being like proud of what she can do and what she has accomplished yeah there was like the one scene because like when when the guy who travels with her from the u.s government um says something about like if he makes any attempt to contact you or if he does any gives you any messages or signs like Right. Let me know. And the only thing that like be, could be construed as interesting to me is that when he does um, lose, he picks up his king and offers it to her. Yeah. I don't know if that's common in games of chess. I would guess not. Um, but he does like shake her hand with that and then like leaves it in her hand. So like I was half expecting her like, you know, on the drive back um, before she jumped out to go play with the old guys to like, you know, unscrew it or something and find like this message, um, no. which would be there, you know, suddenly it turns into like a spy film or something. No, see, like, I think that's just going back to the idea that they would actually send a government like agent with the American chess player to to the Soviet Union, because they were so concerned that, you know, somehow Russia was going to use this as like a way of spreading communism in America. And it's all just like nonsense. Like he wasn't trying to get any message to her. And in the end, like in, I guess, in more like, amateur level games, when it when you lose, when your king is in checkmate, you typically just like knock it over, which you see happen a lot, you know, in the show, people knock down their king. So I think that him like giving it to her was like him it's symbolically giving her the title yeah. of world champion. You know, like you have taken my king, it's yours now. You are the world champion yeah. more than any. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But uh Ah, uh, this. So let let's talk about Beth Harmon's story a little bit because it's pretty tragic. You know, her mother yeah. kills herself when she's like nine years old by cr- cr- causing a car crash, which could have easily have killed Beth as well. But somehow she is like almost unharmed, basically. So she grows up, goes to an orphanage. At that point, she doesn't have a father figure that is in her life in any way. Um, And she gets addicted to tranquilizer pills, which at the time was like legitimately something they gave to orphans to keep them calm throughout the day until they realize like, well, shit, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. This is probably really terrible. And then they take them all away from her and she goes through withdrawal at the orphanage and tries to steal a bunch of the pills in like a really poorly constructed way. Yeah, by taking first like 25 of them. Yeah, taking fistfuls of pills without any water. I don't know how anyone could have done that. Um, Yeah. Then like, I'm like, why didn't you just slip a couple handfuls in your pockets and leave? You could have gotten away from it. But it's because she's a nine-year-old going through withdrawal, that's why. (laughs) Yeah, right, she has to take the whole damn drawer. But, like, on the flip side of that, chess, or the orphanage is where she learns how to play chess um, from the janitor in the creepy basement. But it's, he's not actually creepy, but I wasn't sure about him at first. Yeah. Um, Mr. Scheibel teaches her how to play chess and kind of introduces her to the local high school club, um, chess club teacher. And it's kind of like how her whole story with chess begins is in these very, like, humble orphan basement beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she slowly works her way up, and the entire time, Mr. Scheibel's keeping an eye on her. Oh, which we find out at the end. I'm sad that she never paid him his $10 back. <laughs> or, like, visited him again. 
I can understand like never having the opportunity to do that, but she like writes to him to get five dollars for the entrance yeah. fee and tells him that if she wins any amount, any place, that she'll send him ten dollars back, and he sends it to her. And I don't think that he cared that she right. never sent it back. Like I think he was honored to be able to open that door for her into the world of chess tournaments um but even at the end when her and jolene are at the funeral she's like i i owed him ten (laughs) dollars like oh that's sad (laughs) now what did you think about her relationship with alma the woman who uh adopts her ultimately it's weird so like clearly her husband is like adopting beth as as like a way of entertaining his wife or something like he doesn't seem to know what to do with his wife and his wife wants like a child so they just pick her out and he's like here's a good one for you and (laughs) and adopts her but alma is sick and also using the same tranquilizers that Beth was taking at the orphanage for herself so she has access to them once she's outside of the orphanage again um but I I think that their relationship does kind of grow into something special and something that that Beth misses after she dies very suddenly (laughs) yeah and I, I think you know it's very clear that um she's playing Alma is playing up to Beth's strengths in chess, not just because she wants to see Beth succeed, but also because she enjoys being able to reap the benefits of what she's done. You know, she's like, as the guardian, I'm, you know, I, I deserve these luxuries. I'm coming with you and all this stuff, which like I get. Um, And ultimately Beth doesn't really care because like she at one point asks for like 10% or whatever. And she's like, how about whatever? Um, yeah so she you know gives her what she wants and you know i think she does just crave that sort of semi-stable company and right. you know maternal well, figure that she's been looking for and like beth at this time she's only like 14 15 right. 16 years old so she can't actually be doing these things without alma as well she can't travel to mexico to you know go to a, a championship game without some sort of parental supervision so, like, it's a win-win kind of thing for both yeah. of them. That Alma gets to travel and get away from her husband. And Beth gets to be able to go and play in these championship games that she wants to be a part of. And and she also gets to learn how to be an alcoholic from her. But, yeah, you know, she does. She does get to learn that from Alma. But I think that, like, she sort of slowly does grow to sort of you know, be like a mother figure for Beth. And it's, like, just starting to blossom when Alma dies in episode four from what is suspected to be hepatitis that is probably worsened by her excessive drinking. Yeah. Um, and it's like right after she has lost one of the, the, the first time I believe that she plays against Borgoff is at this, at, at this tournament and she loses and you know, it's all very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> very sad. But, um, I was concerned at the beginning that she was going to like Alma was going to be end up using her in some way, yeah. but I feel like it did sort of work out well for both of them, and I, I don't dislike her. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, at first I was very concerned, but then I was like, eh, that's fine. Well, and at first, like it didn't seem like Alma had any 
interest in allowing her to pursue chess at all because she's like you know you're a girl you know you need to have nice clothes and you know that's not something we need to be spending our money on right now but then when she proves that she can actually play chess and she's won five hundred dollars from doing it which was a lot of money back in the 1960s (laughs) um you know then she's like oh well maybe we should sign you up for some of these other tournaments (laughs) yeah and just continually making excuses for why she's not in school I know. I'm like, it's the same the situation like where she would sneak out of classes at the orphanage to like yeah. beat the racers together in the basement, but she was really just going there to play chess for hours. Like, how did nobody come looking for her? It doesn't take that long to clean erasers. Right. And then like the same thing with the high school, just being like, yeah, sure, she's been sick for nine months out of the year, but that's normal. She'll still <laughs> graduate on time. Why not? <laughs> I guess she's also like a genius. We have to assume so. Well, she's a chess genius. I'm not sure that that means she's also a genius in every other subject. Yeah, I think it was just mentioned that she was like extremely good at like math. I think math and science math. or something. Yeah. But math um, made. math and what? And the math make it like it makes sense. That oh, she would be, yeah. like Really good at math and chess at the same time. Yeah. I like, too, that at, like, towards the end, because, like, for a while, the only way that she can, you know, because throughout this series, she plays chess games on the ceiling, like, with her paw, you know, she visualizes it thanks to her tranquilizers, we think. Um, But then, you know, she's eventually able to do that without them, which is really good. Like, oh, my God, I could have, like, the moment you realize in Russia that she still has some of the tranquilizers... And then she, like, takes them to the toilet. I was like, thank God. I thought we were going to spiral again. I know. Because, like, that's, that's, like, when the show opens, the very first scene is Elizabeth Harmon about to compete against Borgoff in the Paris Open. And she is clearly, like, a mess. You know, you can tell that she's, like hungover and she takes these pills before she goes down to the to the the tournament but then like it switches back to her orphanage life and you watch it going forward as it progresses up to that point and you realize by the time you get back to there in the show back to when she's in paris that paris is kind of like rock bottom for her descending into rock bottom like she is addicted to these tranquilizers she is a full-blown alcoholic and she doesn't really know what she is doing with her life anymore by that point and it's kind of like when she gets back home and buys the house and kind of just spirals down further and further into this hole of like ignoring calls and ignoring everybody who's trying to check on her and then jolene shows up at her front door who was her best friend like when she was in the orphanage and she's just like man you look like shit yeah (laughs) what has happened to you um and like jolene's friendship is she's able to like help her quit drinking stop taking the pills she gets her playing squash (laughs) yeah she pays for her trip ultimately to russia right she ultimately helps her um pay for her trip to moscow after she wins the u.s world or u.s championship he gets invited to go to Moscow to play there, and um, Jolene helps Beth to to pay for that after Beth turns down um, the funding from the I loved Christ- that. <laughs> Christian Crusade Travel Agency because they want her to like release a statement denouncing communism and and affirming her Christian values, and she's like, "Well, I don't know that I am Christian." <laughs> yeah, I love how also she's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be saying that." 
Sorry. I also loved like the flip side of like Benny being just like, take the money. Like you don't, who cares what <laughs> you believe? Like just let them pay for you to go. Why would you turn that down? Yeah. I'm sure I when also, Benny did it, he must not have had to sign any such thing, I guess. He wouldn't have cared. Like if they yeah. wanted to, him to sign some statement saying all this bullshit and then they were going to pay for him to go to Russia, he would have been like, fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I guess she has a little more like, you know, bit of a moral standing that she wants to represent in yeah. a way but um so like by the time she gets to russia she's you know coming back out of the spiral she's playing yeah. chess again enjoying chess again she's off of the alcohol and she manages to flush the drugs down the toilet and yeah. although she does mention to towns that she re- like ordered more of them or, or something from the front desk <laughs> yeah she, tried. she hadn't taken them yet or something like that um but yeah. she then when she's playing Borgoff, she's able to have the same sort of like visualizations of the chessboard on the ceiling that she always had that we kind of like i think at least i thought at the beginning she was like hallucinating it almost <laughs> but I think that it's just like her way of being able to see the game and like project what all these different moves the outcomes of all of them will be so she can pick the best options yeah definitely and she's able to do that without the pills yep and speaking briefly to Paris, the thing that annoyed me the most about that is that, like, that is around the time that Benny did convince her to stop drinking. And yeah. so, like, you know, for the first several games up until the final match there, she hadn't been drinking or doing the drugs and stuff. And then what's her name comes and she's like, you're not going to come see me. How rude. And I'm like, bitch, yeah. she's in a fucking tournament. Like, leave her alone. Let her see you after she wins. And Seriously. then all this stuff. But, oh, I could have punched that woman in the face. I yeah. swear. Cleo. Yeah, Cleo. Cleo. Ugh. Booby did not like her either. She's the worst. <laughs> she was. And she seems to, like, not care that no. what she's asking Beth to do is, like, very dangerous for Beth. That she is, like... You're very addicted to substance abuse of all kinds. So, like, asking her to go out and have a, a drink with you the night before the biggest match of her life up until that point is, like, a really an enabling behavior. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> but she's, like, this French model that doesn't care about any of that stuff. Any, yeah. Well, I was like, is part of this being vindictive because, like, <laughs> Benny has kind of chosen her, chosen her over her or, like... What is this nonsense? But well, I don't know because Cleo's the one in bed with her the next morning. So I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she was actually jealous of uh, Benny so much as like maybe she just wanted to be with Beth. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people wanted to be with Beth in this show. Let me tell you. I know a lot of people got to be so you know she picked through them. <laughs> yeah, perhaps the most interesting was Towns, who we find out later is gay. Right, but was you know. Which that was kind of creepy because at the time she was like 16 and he's like yeah. inviting her up to her, his room to like take photos of her and then ultimately like tries to make a move on her until his boyfriend comes in. In his underwear. In his underwear. It was all very weird. Yeah, that was. And that, and then she doesn't see him for several episodes or the equivalent of several years yeah. after that point, And then he kind of shows back up at the 
at the end and was like, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for, you know, to, to be, to confuse you like that. I was just looking for friendship and that is what they have then at the end is friendship. All of her friends come together for her at the end and they get to discuss strategies so that she's able to beat Morgoth. Yeah. And she does. She does. I liked also. Yeah, he is. I was going to say like even the other sort of, Russian world champ or the world champions that she beats in general, like the old guy, for example, was like, yeah. you know, saying that he he thinks he just, you know, had the best match of his life and yeah, all that it's stuff. That's very cool. She was the the best person or the best player that he'd ever played, and he'd played Borgoff before, so that was you know good foreshadowing for yeah, that's true. Her being able to beat Borgoff, <clears throat> but but yeah. But yeah. But yeah, overall, I really, really enjoyed the show, and I would highly recommend it, especially if you're into chess, but it's by no means a prerequisite. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. You could just be a fan of drama, and you'll enjoy the yeah. show as well. It's, just, it's very well done. It is, yeah. I don't really have any complaints about no. the characters or their development or, or the way that it's shot at all. Like, I just, I really enjoyed it i actually want to watch it again um now especially now that we've been discussing it and i've read some different reviews about it like i want to go back through and watch the series again it's like right away it's that good (laughs) yeah no and it's like when i started watching it i just ended up binging the entire series so yeah (laughs) definitely one of those but yeah did you um have any quotes um confession i didn't take a single note for this series <laughs> me neither so that's totally fine <laughs> okay <laughs> but um that said oh, I, i'm sure there were great quotes in it did you ha- happen to remember any or discover any no i i didn't write down any quotes but i, I don't i don't know that it's like a highly quotable show yeah. there's not a lot of like like overly dramatic lines no. that are either really funny or really dramatic. Like most of the emotion takes place in without like nonverbal kind of emotion yeah. throughout the show. Um, both both in the in the humor and in in the other aspects as well. Um, yeah. So it's not, not a highly quotable show, but it's still very good. It's very good dialogue, just not quotable in the way that we like to quote things. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm wrapped. well i think that's pretty much all there is to say i mean i'm sure we've missed some things but you know that's fine about the queen's gambit you know that's the overarching aspects of the show anyways it's good check it out for yourself yeah and um if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you thought about the queen's gambit or anything else really feel free to do so on twitter at nno podcast anything in life just just send us your thoughts <laughs> about life and you can do so to navigating netflix originals at gmail.com and also feel free to send us any suggestions for other shows or movies from netflix that you'd like to see us discuss in the future indeed and on that note thanks everyone and goodbye Bye.